Hey everybody, Coach John Daly back again with our favorite number one guest, Dr. Jeff Lipp in the house. Today is January 5th, 2018, and it's colder than snot outside. I don't know where you are or when you're listening to this, but woke up this morning, minus three degrees, wind chill, minus 20, up to minus 30, school's closed, and it is not fun outside. Even though the sun is out, I'm looking out a window right now because we're here at the library looking out at our makeshift studio. There's sunshine out there, but it is not warm. How you doing today, Jeff? You thawed out a little bit? I am still really cold. <laughs> I don't know if our listeners experience this anywhere else, but having cold days in the state of Michigan is very interesting. So I've never experienced that personally until I you know, started living in Michigan, but having cold days is something very unique, but we need them. Trust me. <laughs> it does offer an interesting perspective. That's for dang sure. Hey, this is show number 17. Got in t- touch with Jeff last night. He's got some great thoughts, t- uh, different uh, angle uh, with some really cool and important quotes here that he wants to share with us today. So, Jeff, what do you got to share? So, I've been obsessed with listening to various podcasts, as you know. I've been sharing every message that I've been getting from these podcasts with you on a textly basis. So, I figure why not share this content with some of our listeners out there. Awesome idea. And so, what I'm going to do is start with some quotes that I've heard from various podcasts, and then get your thoughts on what you think these podcasts and these quotes mean in regards to leadership, because you are a leadership expert, my friend. Mm. I think we talked about that for 20 minutes before we even started today, about how (laughs) big of a leadership expert you are in general. So the first quote I heard, and it was a podcast that was done on Sam Colley's podcast. He had a guest on there named Ken Dubner. And what Ken said was very interesting was that he said that your greatest curse is also your greatest gift. So let me repeat that. Your greatest curse is also your greatest gift. So your thoughts on that, Leadership Guru? Wow, that is kind of like mind-blowing. So I I look at sometimes, I have a lot of curses, I think. But one would be, at some point in time, not paying attention to detail. So then when I try and view that as my greatest gift, I have difficulty in that, in that I'm trying to look at it from the standpoint of maybe I need to focus in on that and maybe I need to get better. Obviously, I know I know I need to get better in that area. So if I recognize it, first of all, as something that is curse or a negative or something I'm not good at, a weakness, maybe just the accepting of that fact, I'm trying to do something about it, is something that's going to help me put something else out there. But the other part of that where he, he gives people second chances, I love that. I mean, that to me, that is heartfelt and... And I guess maybe looking to learn to look past mistakes, past yeah. shortcomings, past weaknesses. And I'm, I'm trying to do that with my wife. And I know she's probably got a lot more to look at me as far as my weaknesses go. But I'm trying to look past that and just look deeper. I got to give myself a second chance, a third chance. I got to quit giving up on myself with these things I need to work on. So that, I don't know if I'm attacking it at the right angle there, but that's kind of the first thing that popped into my head. You are. And basically that part that you see on that document, that's actually my information that I give. That's my weakness. That's my greatest curse Hmm. is that I give people so many second chances in my Hmm. life. When Hmm. I went through the part of the divorce and I shared a lot with the listeners and yourself about all the sadness that I was feeling because I missed her tremendously. I kept thinking in my mind, what if I just give her another chance? Maybe I could do this, and if she came back, this is what I would do. And I slowly began to realize that that's probably not the most healthiest thing. 
because I can't rely on someone to provide those second chances for me. But that's the person that I am. I give people second and third chances all the time because I feel that I'm not a person to judge people. I can't mm. judge people. And if I judge people all the time, I'm not giving them the opportunity to learn from what they feel is a mistake in their own life. So who am I to judge? That is my greatest curse, and that's also my greatest gift is that I give a lot of people second, third, fourth, fifth chances in general. And it'd be very difficult sometimes, but I'm learning to realize that that is an opportunity more than anything. Mm. What you shared earlier was I thought was interesting was the fact that sometimes you forget the detail, which I look at is also a blessing. Because if you forget the detail sometimes, not necessarily forgetting the detail, but not narrowing your thoughts on the exact detail, you're seeing the bigger picture right away instantaneously. And for me, it's very difficult to see that sometimes. Mm. Meaning that like... There's a simple answer and it's right there. But yet I don't choose to do the simple answer sometimes because I'm so detail oriented that I want to like do all the hard work right now. Interesting. So I look at that as I can see how you would look at that as a curse. But at the same time as I see the blessing in that yeah, too. I love that. Love the, the way of looking at it again. And I think the world doesn't give a lot of second chances to people. So that right. of what you have, I think is kind of cool. Absolutely. Even though sometimes it's painful. It is extremely all right, so here's the next one. This is, comes from a TED Talk that I listened to. These TED Talks I listen to are on podcasts, and this is by Tim Hartford. And what he says is that there is no linear plan in life. The plan can lead to a dead end sometimes, but the messiness of the plan allows for creativity. Just because you don't like the plan doesn't mean that the plan is not working. Yeah, no linear plan in life. We can look back, like my wife and I have talked about this for a long time. When I was in high school, when she was in high school, obviously we didn't know each other then because we met in college, but I knew I wanted to get married. I knew I wanted to have kids. Didn't even know at that time what I wanted to do as a career. And that kind of fell into shape up at Central Michigan, which I told about before, but I liked that part. The messiness of that plan allows for creativity. The messiness, the craziness, the, the ups and downs, the heartache and good times and bad, as it's being created, as the, those bricks are being the pathway being laid out in front of you brick by brick by brick and you can't see it more than maybe a few feet out in front of you. This is just coming to me now. Maybe just a few feet out in front of you with all these pieces coming into your life and then it starts putting in, okay, now I can see out a mile ahead or two miles ahead because things are kind of coming in place and it is messy and just the fact of just hanging in there with it and you may think at some point in time, well, this isn't working too well but there's stuff working that you don't see that the door opens up, I think, as, as you keep with it. So the not giving up, I think, was something big for me and my wife. But yeah, that, I love that. These things get really deep. And, you know, for the people listening out there, Jeff sends me these things a lot of times at, what, 5.15 in the morning when you're <laughs> up and rolling. It just gets my day going off in a great direction, a great direction thinking about this stuff. So I love this. I get up really early, go to the gym. That's part of my routine. But it clears my mind more than anything for my days. So, yes, I do send it in you about 5.15 in the morning, whether or not you like it or not. Love it. Love it. What's interesting that you said was that you wanted to get married. You know that that is exactly what you wanted to do. Explain to me how you knew that. Probably just from the standpoint of it's what I grew up with. Parents are still married today, going on 53 years, I think. In the neighborhood I grew up in, it was families. And, yeah, there was, you know what, it was, you know, early 70s from the time I can remember there's a couple of divorces and there was, I, I, there was problems within families and I knew about some of them and some of them I found out later and some of them I still don't know about. But I knew I liked that. I didn't like, I never liked being on my own. I always was one that kind of had to have a girlfriend. 
I was always kind of one that I liked my alone time once in a while at home, but I always loved my friendships, loved always having somebody to go out with and do things with. But the example set for my parents, I think, was the biggest thing that got me thinking at an early age that that's what I wanted. Very awesome answer. And when I read that quote again and looking at it and kind of hearing what you said, that's the same thing that I wanted. I want to get married. I want to have children. I think everyone wants to make good money. Oh, of course. And that plan did not work that way. I mean, I did get married. I didn't have children. And trust mm-hmm. me, I'm not a millionaire by any means at all right now. But it's interesting that even though the plan didn't work that way, I really have accepted how the plan has gone so far. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy my life right now. It might not be the exact plan of where I want to be right now, but this is why I had this huge mind shift of being in the current moment more than anything. That is my one word for my New Year's more than anything is being in the current moment. Mm-hmm. Current is my one word, basically. Mm. Right now, I'm focused on, if I had to talk about family in general, is spending a lot of time with my niece and my nephew. And that's what I did over the holiday break was spend a lot of time with my niece and my nephew. And I want to be the best uncle possible. It's very interesting that that was never my life plan. You know, I didn't set out to be the best uncle in the world that ever existed, but I am. And it's just fascinating how that worked out. So, which transitions me to my third quote from another podcast I listened to. And this one is from the Oprah Super Soul podcast, which is just fantastic if you've not tuned into those Oprah Super Soul podcasts. Love them. Her name is Shina Nyquist. And what she said was being current instead of being perfect. Mm. So once again, being current instead of being perfect. That is a new philosophy that she's approached in life. What does that mean to you in leadership, my friend? Well, let me tell you. I mean, I just jotted down your thought. I got a running little Word document with some notes from an earlier session I was listening to and taking some ideas down. Being current, I think, puts me in the moment of right now, like with me and you in this room. Absolutely. The stuff we're trying to accomplish. And then obviously in my mind, you know, we got our first game of the year of 2018 coming up tonight, very fired up. I got some stuff I got to do once I leave here, so I know that stuff's coming, but I'm not getting wrapped up in trying to be perfect. I'd rather be in this moment now. And that's, I think, a great anchoring point that I also need to focus in on not only this year, and that one of my the podcasts before I mentioned a couple of podcasts before, you know, we all get wrapped up in New Year's resolutions. Absolutely. You know, and then I think Sam puts it out there. Hey, January 14th is the day those things go to die, you right. know, because we don't hang in. I want to do stuff every day. And, and being present every day in the moment at school, with my basketball team, at, in the evening with my wife, those are things I need to focus on instead of worrying about trying to be perfect. What's coming up tomorrow that I got to be perfect at? What, you know, how can I fix this? Be in the moment. And if, right. it, if in the moment it's fixing something, then that's what I'm going to be doing and trying to get better. But if it's just being present, I think that's an awesome reminder. So thank you for doing that. What Shauna described was the fact that she was trying to be Wonder Woman. She mm. was trying to balance a job. She was trying to raise her children. She was trying to cook dinner. She was worried about on the weekends, making sure they accomplished every single little task at home. And to be quite honest with you, that's draining. All mm. that is draining. But instead of trying to be perfect for everyone else's image of what a Wonder Woman should be, but be in the current moment. So if you got to spend time with your kids right now, you're going to slowly realize how that is taking all this anxiety off you and just being really present. I can tell you one thing. Listening to these podcasts, doing some podcasts on my own right now, you know, working with you in general, I slowly realize every single time when I'm not in the current moment and I try to place myself in the current moment, I'm like, okay, I'm doing a podcast with John Daly right now. So I don't think about anything else but this podcast and make sure that we are focusing on a good message. 
when you are really current, your life perspective changes dramatically. I remember being in my younger self, I was driven by money. I didn't really care what it took to get the money. And that was not a very good principle to live on. And I was always constantly looking the next day instead of just being in the moment, enjoying the journey that it took to get there. So it's just fascinating. And these TED Talks make me really reflect, mm. even at 5.15 in the morning, my friend. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Here's another TED Talk, another quote that I heard. It is from Ruth Chang. And what Ruth says is that don't be a drifter by letting life make choices mm. for you. Your thoughts, my friend? That is something I, I share with my students probably, God, for as long as I can remember. And uh, you were just up in Traverse City, right? Yes, there is a, whether it's Great Wolf Lodge or Kalahari down in, at Cedar Point, in the pool area, there is that lazy river. Yes. Where, and I share this with my students every year, where you can get in that river and you will go someplace and you don't have to do a doggone thing about it. And that is, life will, 30 years will go by and you will end up someplace. What my message always is to my students is, hey, you're on that raft, why don't you Paddle a little bit to the direction where you want to go, especially when you come around that left side and it forks in the lazy river there, where if you go to the right, you're going to get dumped on. You got that waterfall coming down on your head, but you can choose, oh, let me put a little effort. Let me push off this wall or paddle over here. Let me stay to the left because I want to go around the back end over here. And then you got that toilet bowl thing You get where <laughs> it sucks you in there and it's, it spins you around, and it's fun being a kid in there, but it kind of represents getting sucked into things in life, and it's hard to get out of it. Like, you really got to make some effort to get out of that, that circular motion of that water to get back onto the river. So definitely, don't be, have, have some clues. And, you know, another message, don't be clueless. I always want my students to have a clue, kind of have a, a general idea of what's going on. If you don't know, that's okay, but do something about it. Ask questions. Talk to people. Best line ever is, how'd you get started? When you're thinking, oh, I might be a cop or I might be a teacher, talk to those people. How'd you get started? And start trying to figure some things out because life will figure it out for you, but you won't like it. You may like it, but at the same time, you're going to get to a point in life, I think, man, why didn't I come up with some of this myself instead of life dictating and other people dictating to me? That is a powerful, powerful thing. The younger you figure that one out, the better off you'll be for sure mesmerized by that lazy river metaphor i just loved it i never recognized it like that it, i guess it holds a lot of meaning in me right now because i just did come back from traverse city as you indicated from Great lodge and that is absolutely true you can either sit back and let the river take you or you can start go ahead and paddle yourself and start making the choices that you need to make in life another ted talk this is by john ransom and what he says is that capitalism rewards psychopathic behavior Capitalism rewards psychopathic behavior. Mm. Your thoughts there? I also have always wanted to make money, but I look back at the times where I was focused in on it and things don't didn't go well at all. To where now, being almost 52 years old and understanding that, you know what, I do not regret one iota about becoming a teacher. And obviously making money was not at the top of that list of choosing to become a teacher. Because even so, more so now today, with the pay freezes and pay cuts over the last 10 years, I definitely look at, oh, crap, you know, here I am getting ready for retirement soon, and things ain't, you know, financially where I want them to be, but right. you know what? I'm still great with my choice because of the impact of relationships. And I think I've been around the block long enough to see my share of funerals and hearing stories about people that have passed away, the relationship aspect always, 100% of the time, has been discussed more than 
how much money that person made. I, I don't think I've ever been around a funeral, and like I said, I've been to a lot of them, where any conversation before, during, and after was about the money that that person made. It's always been about the relationships. And that's the powerful thing about it. The psychopathic behavior, I kind of like that. You do have to be crazy, I think, a little bit. you got to have some fun to handle the ups and downs. But there's definitely room to make money. But I think if you put relationships first, offer value, be authentic, the money's going to come, especially when you're solving problems for people. But when you're focused on that money, that's when, ooh, there's some there's some not-so-fun things that happen with that, Absolutely, I think, you know? absolutely. When you get really high wherever you work, I don't care, like a superintendent status, a CEO, you have to think about money. It's part of what you're put in that position for, dealing with money, dealing with how to make your product more marketable in general. How do I say, does cutthroat behavior sometimes to generate more money? And that can be very difficult. And that's why that psychopathic behavior comes. You know, you could be a billionaire being in teaching. You're not. So you're in there for relationships. That's the most important part more than anything. Yep, Good. I listened to a goal cast, which is also different kind of videos put on Facebook about how people achieve different goals in life. And Mike Tyson gave a very good quote on that goal cast. What he said was that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Let me say that again. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, my friend? Well, I think life does that to you. Almost every day, whether it's just a flick on the nose or a breeze across your face or definitely a fist in, into your face. I can't remember. I mean, there's been a couple of times when I was young getting in fights and getting punched in the face a couple of times, but it's not pleasant. But I do remember getting back up. And that's the one thing that I, I definitely try and focus in on when this does happen. And it does happen a lot, whether it's a relationship problem or bad news about a loved one, family member, someone's passed away, you know, something not going right at work. We talk about it with our team. We have we've just met our first adversity where one of our main contributors has gone down with a knee injury. And so my message to everybody else is, okay, it's time for everybody else to step up. And it doesn't necessarily mean just the one person is going to take her position. It, everybody has to step up to make this better, to learn from this and to not let this stop us. You know, And things happen all the time during a basketball game where you have to respond. And it's the same way within life. I guess that one definitely has gotten more important to me is I've gotten older and I'm more conscious of it instead of being a victim, trying to be a victor. And so that's one of those things that, that that's so dang true. So dang true. What are you going to do after you get punched in the face or the gut? Yeah, you know? I mean, everyone fails at something. In Absolutely. Life. They do. The second I heard that, I thought about failure. Well, every time I think about failure, I always think about Rocky, which is another boxer. Yes. And he says it, quote, let me tell you something you have already known. This world isn't all about rainbows and sunshines. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you get up and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what your worth is, then go out and get what your worth is. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not point fingers saying you aren't where you're going to be because of him, her, or anybody. Cowards do that. And they ain't you. You got to be better than that. It's mm. powerful, buddy. Love that, it it really is. It makes you take accountability. It makes you recognize that failure is always going to be there. And you got to be working towards that positive direction. That's a great clip. If anybody hasn't watched that video, man, you need to watch that. That's a fantastic clip. A couple more. Another Oprah Super Soul podcast. This is from Joel Olstein. You are going to miss your destiny if you don't make some hard choices. Mm. You are going to miss your destiny 
if you don't make some hard choices. Your thoughts, buddy? I guess figuring out our destiny is something that everybody wants to do. And at some point in time, I think it comes to us, even if it's at the last moments of our life, which thankfully I'm not at yet. But I think reading enough stories, and that's why stories are important for, to, to share, where you learn these things from others. Yeah, if you don't take risk, if you don't take chances, if you don't get back up when you get punched in the face, you won't keep continue on that pathway to where your destiny starts being revealed to you. Obviously, it's not just you figuring that out. Something I heard recently, and I mentioned it in another podcast, that we cannot control other people. We can't control how they respond, what they do, what they say. We can only control ourselves. But the flip side of that is, in controlling ourselves, we still need other people's help to do those things. Absolutely. And I just find that amazing. Not maybe an oxymoron, but figuring things out ourselves and controlling the things that we can control ourselves, we still need some help from other people. Absolutely. And so that comes into play in figuring out your destiny too, those hard choices. And every day, every day there's part of those things that you got to do. My sister, Kathy, loves Joel Olstein. When I heard this, I thought about goals. I thought about what my destiny should be. I mean, once again, one day I hope to be a husband again. I hope to be a father. I hope to be a giver. When you go through some tough stuff, sometimes you forget what your destiny is. You forget what your goals are in life. But when you refocus and you remind yourself, hey, this is what I want in life, every decision should be geared towards making those decisions towards those three things or whatever goal you want to be or whatever you think your destiny should be, which is why I asked you earlier about, you know, why you want to be a husband. Just one more. This comes from Lisa Barrett. Lisa Barrett was also from the Oprah Super Soul podcast. The more control you have, the mm. more responsibility you have. Mm. Once again, the more control you have, the more responsibility you have. Your thoughts, buddy? Totally true. And the more responsibility you have is a choice, I think. And whether it is a career, a job, a supervisor position, manager, where you have people depending on you. And it's a family, too. I think the least amount of responsibility is if somebody chooses to be single and chooses just to work at home on a computer where they meet nobody, talk to nobody, and they're just doing whatever, and they're making some money, and obviously there's not too many people like that. Sure. But you know, the more you put yourself out there and the more you have people counting on you, looking at you, listening to you, you having influence over them, which is what leadership's all about, you do have a responsibility. So that's why there are higher standards, I think, for teachers. There are higher standards for police officers and fire firemen and firewomen. There are higher standards for professional athletes that taking the money from the owner, that the owner gets from the customer, the fans, they do have an opportunity to be better than average is. And some people have a problem with that. You know, some people don't believe that's true. That's not my belief. But the more responsibility you have, you better show up, help others, and you better, you know, deliver more than what is expected. That is all the messages that I heard over the last two weeks. I really want to just give a shout out real quickly. I'm going to take a little bit of the time here just to talk to the audience to talk to you right now. Absolutely. Over the holiday break on December 31st, I found out that I had lost a friend and I didn't know this until Julie Weiss called me. Her name is Sarah Snelling. She passed away on Christmas Day, actually. Hmm. And what happened was I was at Great Wolf Lodge with my family. I was working out. And then my phone rings, and it's Julie. Julie never calls me. She never calls me. So when she calls me, I know that that is something important. And she just let me know that Sarah Snelling passed. Mm. And this is how everything is very interconnected in my world. When Julie was getting her master's in counseling, she met Sarah because Sarah was going through her master's in counseling. 
when I was starting my PhD in counseling, I met Sarah that way also. When Julie's first day at Lakeshore took place, Sarah told me to make sure that I take care of Julie and to give Julie a big hug from her because Julie's amazing. Now, I'd never met Julie before in my life, but I trusted Sarah with everything that I had. When Julie started, I gave her a big hug, and I said, that's from Sarah Snelling, and you, you better be worth this hug that I'm giving to you right now. <laughs> Julie is, but... When I heard that news, I got off the treadmill. Julie and I talked again, and I started crying because I missed her. You really don't know when he's going to call you to go. You really don't know. Or when life is going to say, you know what, it's time to leave now. And those things are so difficult. And if it wasn't for her, I don't think I would have made it through some dark times. I can tell you right now, and I share this so many stories, that when I was going through that divorce, when I lost my dad, I, I can't tell you the state of depression that I was in. It was just freaking terrible. And I remember calling Sarah one day because she knew that something was going on. And it was a Friday afternoon right after work. So you know how work is over at Lakeshore, John. Mm -hmm. As soon as it hits 301, everyone's out of that building because it's the weekend. You don't want to stay in school longer than you have to be. So what happened was after I got off work, I called Sarah and her and I stayed and talked over the phone for about two hours. Wow. She gave me her time, John. And what she did was she put her counseling hat on and we went through the stages of grief. And she said, you know what? I know you're not angry right now. I know you're sad more than anything. But I'm worried about you being angry from this point forward. Mm. Keep that in mind. Work on that. Work on yourself. Things will get better. I promise you. And I'll never forget that. After Julie and I got off the phone, I got into her Facebook. I wrote a little bit of a message. I'll probably share that one day when I get my book ready or on a podcast or something like that. But, you know, I just wish her and her family the best. And... I wanted to spend that time a little bit because life is all about relationships. It really is. And you and I talk about this all the time. But when you lose someone, it's hard. And you try to carry them in your heart. But I wanted to make sure that everyone knew how much she meant to me personally and professionally. Because I wouldn't be a counselor, honestly, some of these days mm -hmm. if I couldn't get through with her. So, Man, that's an awesome story. And, you know, I, I never met Sarah, but I'm, I'm sitting here in tears now and... Uh, <laughs> Just because I know you and Julie, and I know any time that there's a person that's had an effect like Sarah had on you, that has an effect on me. And that's, again, the sharing of stories and the importance of relationships to where we can learn from each other. And I think that's another one of our duties, no matter what profession we are in. That really teaches you a, a tremendous amount. Absolutely. It really it's hard to process grief. It's hard to process losing somebody, but it really teaches you a lot about yourself. Yeah. Time which encompasses uh, relationships and people is one of the best teachers there Absolutely. ever is. And I think that's a great way, great way to end this. Uh, Jeff is starting out his website at jefflip.com, putting some stuff together, getting some interviews set up, and his podcasts are being recorded. And so that's coming pretty soon, isn't it, my friend? Real soon. It's a podcast that will focus on education, careers, counseling, and relationships. That's awesome. It sounds wonderful. I've heard a couple of the... Uh, interviews already and let me tell you guys this is going to be gold this is going to be just great information great helpful stuff where jeff's out there making a difference on a magnified level because he's always made a difference but now it's going to be on a bigger level which is just great so hey i hope today helped we gotta get bundled up here and face the cold there's still sunshine out there which is good but i know it's very deceiving but i hope wherever you guys are at that you are working on something that's making you feel better and going after something that you feel important in your heart and just keep finding those little success puzzle pieces. That's what life's all about. And obviously we need to help each other do that. 
and uh, just keep moving forward. Stay positive out there. Okay. Take care of you guys. Great talking to you. See you.